You were created for more, and this show is meant to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to help you live on purpose. This is the podcast that keeps it real and highlights amazing business owners and impact makers so that you get your fire ignited and take your greatness out into the world. If you've got big dreams and know you were created for more, this is the place to be, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Created For More podcast. Happy, happy Friday. If you are listening, of course, on podcast release day, we release every Friday the new episodes that are coming out. So that's what um, I'm welcoming you to, but any day, happy day to you. I'm really excited about the episode today. But before we dive in, I am in the midst of the threads hype. Um, it came out, Instagram launched it a couple nights ago. Can remember, I'm in love with it. And I actually never jump on the bandwagon right away, like especially with new social apps that come out. I just kind of wait a little bit. I might join it or like, you know, grab my name there, but I don't, I try not to like switch whips that quick and for some reason maybe it's because it's from Instagram and I do love Instagram so much I got it like immediately and then was up with the rest of the gang all night long just playing on it and what I liked about it is that it just felt like I could be even more myself I feel like I've gotten to a place in my life where I just truly bring out my true self in everything I do. So even in business, on social media, like I try to just keep it real with everyone. But there's like a little more fun silliness, like randomness that comes out on threads. And it's just been so much fun. I was just telling Chelsea, my guest on today's show, because she wasn't on threads when we recorded. And I was explaining to her that it felt like we're all just hanging out at the beach. We all kind of just showed up there on the same day and everyone has their own thing going on, but we're all kind of like, you know, Hey, you know, pass a beer. Can I borrow some sunblock? Like, Oh my gosh, this sandwich I made is so good. Here's the recipe. And it's just that more raw level of who we are. That's not like a curated feed um, where we're trying to like, you know, navigate a business for most of us. Right. Or like bring, the best of our offers to the table. I don't know, like if this all makes sense, but that's what it feels like to me. And who knows where it's going to go? We really don't know. But right now, if you are on threads, make sure you give me a follow and let's stay connected over there and have some fun at the beach together. <laughs> Let me know if that's even the vibe that you get from it. Um, and if you're not on threads, all good. You know, I love hanging out with you on Instagram. I am not ditching my Instagram family. I... Okay, we're going to talk about Enneagram. So I'm an Enneagram 2. If you have any knowledge of it, if you know your type, if you've started to explore it, maybe you've taken a test at some point, um, there's a lot more to it that I've started to actually study a little bit, but I'm not the expert. So I brought Chelsea on, who is so much fun, such a sweetheart, and we loved uh, just dissecting me pretty much. We're both Enneagram 2s, but I kind of let her take that driver's seat and um, what she was pulling out and just, you know, the awareness of it all was just such a beautiful conversation that we had. Um, it was pretty amazing. 
when we find out more about ourselves, and this is something that I highly recommend everyone do, you're going to be able to just show up better in everything that you do, both in business, in life, your relationships, with your kids, with friends, just everything in general, because you are accepting and embracing who you are. And you're also able to be more aware of how you are showing up. So I feel like it just helps you shine your light even brighter. It's a beautiful thing to know about yourself. And um, you're going to get to know a lot more about me in this episode. So let's meet Chelsea. Uh, first, her official bio. Chelsea Engel is a certified Enneagram coach who is passionate about helping her clients break free from feeling stuck and empowering them to live a more present and connected life. With her expertise in Enneagram types 2, 7, and 9, Chelsea brings a deep understanding of personality dynamics and personal growth to her coaching practice. Having spent 11 years in the field of education, Chelsea made the courageous decision to transition to full-time coaching. This change allowed her to focus on her true calling while also devoting time to raising her two young children alongside her supportive husband in Iowa. As a keynote speaker, Chelsea captivates audiences with her knowledge and insights into the Enneagram system. She engages her listeners by sharing practical tools and strategies to unlock personal transformation and foster healthier relationships. And beyond her professional endeavors, Chelsea finds joy in traveling and connecting with people from all walks of life. She believes in the power of human connection and values the diverse perspectives and experiences that enrich her own understanding. Guys, Chelsea is a gem. You're going to love her. I loved our conversation. Um, again, I can't, I guess I should just shut up about it and let you listen. So let's dig in. Hey, Chelsea, welcome to the Created for More podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, we're talking about the Enneagram and I'm kind of a old soul in the remember all of those fun personality quizzes that we took back in the day, like in Team Bot magazine and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Always to this day. <laughs> yes, to this day, even with my girls sometimes, like, which princess am I? <laughs> so fun. It's yes. so fun to and look at. You don't into. get the one you want. You just keep taking another, like, keep taking the test again until you get the one you want. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure. One of my favorite ones that I took was like, what is your spirit animal? That Ooh. was fun. And it's funny too, because I think once I get into them, even when I don't like them sometimes, because I'm, I feel like we're all our own worst critics, right? So we're already like, oh, why am I that thing? And I think, so I, I'm pretty sure I got the bear. I'm like, oh, a bear, like that's such like a ferocious animal. I'm not a bear. But when you read about it, I'm like, oh, I'm totally a bear. And I love that about myself, which is like perfect about kind of what we're going to talk about today. 100%. I think that that's the experience most people have when they start learning their Enneagram type. There's a lot about the Enneagram type that they're like, yeah. oh, I don't like that. But until we're willing to shine a light on the dark spots and blind spots of ourselves, we really can't fully accept ourselves, which is what the work of the Enneagram is, is really all about is self-knowing, um, self-accepting so that we can live more present and connected. Yes. Ugh, I love it so much. I, I started running a Bible study at church this year. And one of the topics that came up for us was the Enneagram and they had never really heard of it because I don't think any of them are online. Like I would say they all have like a normal jobs, right? Not sure. that ours isn't normal, but 
it's not as common to know about, right? But they fell in love with it. And so we just like had so much fun with that conversation. And it does, it really helps you to say, okay, like I am this way or I experience these things because my natural instinct or my natural gifts, my natural tendencies are these. And that's a beautiful thing. And we don't have to fight it. So I am proudly a bear and an Enneagram two. <laughs> yeah. People are going to get a lot of two energy because I'm also a two. So it's going to be oh, two. Hanging out. Watch out, everybody. Love it. Love <laughs> it. And we're about to go people. party on the beaches of Threads app, you know, like yes, I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll connect after. You bet. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So how did you get into Enneagram? Let's start yeah. there. I always love to know the backstory. I'm also very much a self-growth junkie, just self-help junkie, love the personality test. So totally resonate with that with you. Mm -hmm. um, but I had kind of done the quintessential Enneagram two thing, which is I had driven myself into a state of complete stress. And I gotten into, because for people who don't know in the Enneagram, there are nine levels of development ranging from the healthiest level, which is the level of liber liberation, all the way down to the unhealthy levels. There's average in between the unhealthy levels and with pathological destruction. Didn't get quite that far, but um, I had basically driven myself to a space of complete stress and sickness, um, panic attacks, and just like not in a good place. Um, and I got there by being in a toxic work environment, making myself indispensable there, also making myself indispensable at home. And then I went through fertility struggles and IVF. I mean, just kind of kept compounding and then repressing all my own needs and just got to a place where I was not doing well. And when I had my daughter and I was having panic attacks, I was driving the car and I'm like, I can't be having a panic attack with my daughter in the car. Like I'm not or fine. at all at all in the car. <laughs> I know. And like, I've been telling myself I'm fine for all these years. And I, such I'm a two not, Chelsea, such a two. <laughs> not fine, Lisa. I was not fine, you know? And so no, it took, me, I get it. Course, like taking care of another human being to recognize that. Yeah. Um, and having someone rely on me and, and recognizing that like, I'm not okay. And if I'm going to be the best mom out there, which is another thing I wanted to be, um, I <laughs> need to take care of myself. And then of course it became the journey of, I want to take care of myself for me. Right. So I, so I, long story short, I got into therapy and my therapist knew about the Enneagram and connected me and my husband with our types. And it completely was a light bulb moment for me. And absolutely life-changing and self-shifting. And as I worked more on my type, the more I learned, I was just fascinated. After I left teaching, I got certified. And so now I'm a coach. This is incredible. I love all of it. And it's so, I would say funny, but it's really not funny. It's so sad how it takes such a traumatic experience. And yes, like other people have bigger wake-up calls. But why did, why do we wait for the wake up call? You know, like when I learned about my type, that was what gave me the, Oh, like mm -hmm. I did this to myself, like to quote Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. I'm the problem. It's me. Like I, I can, hey. <laughs> I can blame other people as much as I want to, but then I'm mm -hmm. giving myself control and my autonomy to them. Um, instead of, taking control of myself and thinking about what it is I can control, which is my own behaviors and attitudes. Mm -hmm. And we are so focused on giving to others that we don't even think about ourselves and our own needs. And so the more I went on my growth path, which for the Enneagram, they 
I love it because it tells you, here's your stress path. This is what you do in stress. And I was like, oh yeah, that's absolutely what I do in stress. Right. Path. This is what you can do to grow. And then I leaned into that and I was like, wow, there's so much more mental, physical, and emotional energy for me to, to give to others freely rather than feeling so driven to constantly do things to help people. Ugh. Speaking to my soul, literally. <laughs> and it, it's such a journey to discover this. And then how to kind of take back that power. And again, for for Enneagram 2s, for people like us that just want to love and give to anybody and everybody, it's it's almost counterintuitive at first. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part is that once you are accepting and embracing all that you are, you find that you're actually giving your best to, to everyone, including yourself, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, all of the things I love all of that. What I like to say to my clients during like a typing session, which is not where you're going to type on the computer. It's where you figure out your Enneagram <laughs> type. Right. So I listened to you, which I'd love to do some of it with you. We talked about that. Like I listen to you and then I connect that back with a type to help, you know, and understand what parts of you that is coming from, uh, what parts of your type structure, I, I would say that it's coming from, but I always say like in the long run, us twos, we are love. So we want love, we desire love, but at the essence, the true essence of us, we are love. So we can resonate it out to others, but that also includes giving it to ourselves and almost more mm. giving it to ourselves because we can't accept the love freely that others are trying to give to us when we won't feel it truly within. So it's cheesy, but true. <laughs> give me all the cheese. So I have three tattoos. One is right here, mm. just love. And that like is a motto of my whole entire life, both the giving and the receiving totally. And then on my side, which I won't show you, <laughs> is it's a Hawaiian, it's in Hawaiian words, but it basically means love gives life within. And it's just, again, like it's what drives me in everything that I do. Like my core value, my top core values are love and fun and if it's not full of love and full of fun, like probably not for me, or how do we make it? How do we shift perspectives, right? Like that's a whole nother conversation though. Yeah. And what's amazing about the Enneagram is the core desire of the type two is to be loved, wanted, sometimes needed, and to be seen as loving, kind, generous, and giving. And so what I hear in your answer there is like, you know, love obviously is there. Right. And then loving, kind, generous, that's the fun part. That's the, that's this like, and then we're also, so there, there's different conflict reaction styles, which are called mm -hmm. the Hornevian triads. And we are in the positive outlook triad. And so we kind of go to that, um, bright siding of things or positivity, or, you know, a lot of us twos are pretty bubbly people. And again, we just yeah. want to be seen as loving, kind, generous people. Right. Totally. Oh my gosh. That's so mean. Okay. So yes, what we're doing today, and I'm I'm not really too nervous. I'm really excited about it. So we're going to kind of just have an open, and I'm almost going to just be like a vulnerable client of yours, right? That's kind of yeah. how it's going to work, like just going through things, and then we're going to just help me to discover and uncover things. Again, though, I just want to set that preface that I am an Enneagram too. So this isn't going to be for everyone. So if you're, if you don't know your type, first of all, Chelsea has an, uh, a test that you can take and you can kind of figure it out. Um, 
I mean, I know I've heard sometimes they're not a hundred percent accurate, but yeah, and that's a big, the big type debate is like, okay, so my test isn't going to tell you your type because there is no uh, test out there. That what I do is I go over your results for you. Of course, as a type two, I'm very helpful. I, I make a video or you can set up a consult with me if you prefer going over your results so that you understand how you answered. And just because you answered mm -hmm. one of the questions as a type doesn't make you that type, um, but it can show you your patterns. And I can explain to you a little quickly about how you answered. Most tests you take, you click on things and you don't know what they're meaning or why they're putting you into what type. Right. So mine teaches you along the way. There's video coaching and information. If you're brand new to the Enneagram, there's a whole overview with the Enneagram. And right now it's all free. It's all there for you. It's kind of like a little course to take. And then mm -hmm. I give you type overviews and the Enneagram is all about self-discovery. So who am I to tell you from reading a test, what type you are, but what I can do is give you three or four type overviews. And if you're not willing to engage and read and learn, you might as well not even do the Enneagram because the Enneagram is mm -hmm. all about discovering, learning, listening, and just diving into learning. And so if you don't love that, it's probably not, it's probably not going to be your favorite thing because you have to engage in order to get something out of it. Right. Um, that might be like one of the best nuggets that we will take away from today, because I feel like that goes with everything. And so many of us are always seeking external answers. And I mean, I'm a coach, like I do want to help people. I want people to seek me as an external source to help them, but not for the answers. And when anyone works with me, all I'm doing is holding up a mirror and pointing it all right back at you to figure out. I'm just there guiding you. I'm in the weeds with you. I'm loving you. I'm leading you but like it's you you have to be the one who's gonna say hey like I'm in control here here are my strengths here whatever it is like so Enneagram or not just I hope everyone really heard that and let that sink in that you are responsible and in charge of everything that you're doing and the external resources tools coaches people are only there to enhance that experience for you, but you have to do it, not lean on or expect other people to do it for you. Absolutely. And if you, cause I, I hear so many people like being an Enneagram coach, they say, oh, I did that like a couple of years ago. And I'm like, you did that. You did what? You took one test and it told you your type and that was cute. You didn't do the Enneagram if you've taken a quiz online. That's an mm -hmm. Enneagram test. That's not doing the Enneagram. <laughs> so uh, doing the Enneagram yeah. would mean doing deep inner work, learning all about your type structure and where it goes in stress. What are your defense mechanisms, your childhood experiences? What is your stance? What is your conflict reaction style? What is your core motivators, your fears, your desires? I could keep going. Okay. So, so there's even more. more. Yeah. And what's your parental orientation? What, and all of that is there for you to learn and make sense of yourself and not to put yourself in a box, but to actually free yourself from the box you're in. You're already in a box. You're already living in your personality. Yeah. And the Enneagram is not about being more like that. It's actually about proving to yourself that you don't have to keep doing the things that have kept you stuck, stuck in that box for so many years, but that doesn't happen freely. So yes, you have to step into and take ownership of your own journey. Um, and if you choose to do that with guidance and support from a coach or on your own, either way, you'll get so much out of it if you choose to engage with it. So that's my whole spiel. Beautiful. <laughs> We're done. Mic drop. Okay. Well, bye. Thanks. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, um, she's just so trying to get good. off the hook people. She just doesn't know. I'm just kidding. No, I know no, you I do, I do. are open books and we love to connect. And I know that even though you said like, if you're not a type two, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you know a type two, you probably do. Mm-hmm. And hearing the inner thought experiences, the, the narrative tradition of the Enneagram is learning about others through hearing how they experience their type and understanding, wow, well, I wouldn't have answered it that way. Because listen, we each have a different lens through which we're viewing the world. And that lens is our Enneagram type. And so when we're viewing the world through that lens, we kind of get blinders on and we don't think about how others have that different lens, but as true and real as your lens is to you, that is to the other person. So yes. I love it. I agree hundred percent there. So All right. let's, let's start with, um, what I like to start with is just asking someone what is their best feeling? So if you could descri- describe to me and you've kind of t- done it a little bit, but this connects back with the core desire, but like if you could describe the best feeling in the world to you, it could be a, an experience, an actual feeling word or phrase. How would you express that? So am I saying, what, what, what am I saying? Like an actual experience or the feeling? It doesn't matter. It. Just whatever comes to you when I say you feel best when. So what was coming up as you were asking me that were kind of a couple of things. Like it is that overwhelming feeling of love surrounding me and like filling the atmosphere. And some life experiences are like when I had my babies, that just like instant joy and peace that came with it, like pure love. Um, And other times that I feel it are like when I'm surrounded by family and friends and we're just kind of celebrating life and love. And I can feel that feeling, whether it's a happy type of celebration or some of the harder ones, like a funeral, for example, like I feel this love experience when I'm in those situations. Wow. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for being open with that. And yes, um, we already have been on the theme of love since we were both twos and it's no wonder because like I said, our core motivations are to be loved, express our feelings for others and to be needed and appreciated. And so um, that the fact that the best feeling in the world for you is love, then I, if, if you would have just said that to me from the beginning and not told me what your type is, I would have said you're probably a type mm-hmm. two um, because <laughs> that is what is on the forefront of the mind, the back front of the mind, all the parts of the mind of a two um, is how we are in relationships to others, how they view us, um, how we're in service to them and how we're additive to their lives. Because the more I do for you, the more you appreciate me, the more I'm in central to your life, the more close I can feel to you. So that can lead us to some not so cute behaviors as well, right? Like that can lead us to some not so great behaviors as well. So love as a desire can be a beautiful thing, um, but it depends on how it's driving us or how Mm -hmm. we're utilizing it. You're smiling. What are you thinking? I'm thinking of how that other part of me comes out. (laughs) Oh, do you care to uncover that? <laughs> I can. I don't know. If it, I mean, yeah, I'll just say it. So I am not a major control freak about a lot of things. Like most things I'm chill and go with the flow kind of girl. But when it comes to people feeling happy, joyful, peaceful, loving, I'm so annoyed, frustrated. Like I get so upset and anxious when I feel people around me tense and unhappy and Mm -hmm. I try to control their emotions, which is kind of what can hurt me sometimes because I will go above and beyond my own boundaries to make it happen. And then I'm depleted because Mm -hmm. of so many things, but I'm like a major control freak on 
you're going to feel happy, damn it. And I'm going <laughs> to make that, to that. The reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which of course is taking away the autonomy of the other person to feel however they need to feel, right? Yeah. And also believing because our core weakness as twos is pride. And in that pride, it's like, I don't have any, any, any needs. I exist to help you. And also prideful enough that I believe that I know what's best for you. And it's like, ew, right? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, whoops, you know? So that's the kind of the stuff with the Enneagram where you can kind of cringe at yourself and be like, no, that's true. And there's so many different ways in which that pride can can kind of come up um, uh-huh. at us and, and bite us in our butt. But it's even repressing kind of our own needs and and acting and doing. Cause like what, what happens is we have this core differentiator with our type, which is I can innately feel others needs or their moods. So like you said, when their mood is not where I think it should be, my pride tells mm-hmm. me to action to do something about that. Um, yeah. and I put the blinders on my type structures there and it's driving me to action. And that's the point of the Enneagram to release from that. And a big, the big work for us too, is, is going, who am I doing this for? Who mm-hmm. am, did they ask me to do this yes. and what am I expecting to get out of it? So if I think I'm doing this because they're going to appreciate me, I better stop. And if they haven't told me to, I better stop because I'm inserting myself where I'm not wanted, which is what my pride has me do. So what are you thinking when I say that? So it's funny because this is like exactly when you, like, as you were saying this, it's just like that duh moment almost of mm-hmm. like, this is how powerful knowing yourself becomes because so we're not going to go down the rabbit hole, but human design is another type of these tests, right. Or these like experiences to learn about yourself. And one of the specific phrases that it tells me in my human design is that I, I need to wait for people to ask me Mm -hmm. and not just be the know-it-all because of whatever reason that I'm thinking I do know it all. I don't. Because <laughs> um, right. well, for one thing, we like to be resources yes. for people. And everything yeah. we learn, we're thinking, oh, my aunt would love this. Oh, my friend would love this. And we're not learning it for ourselves. We're learning it so we can be resources for others. But mm-hmm. we need to stop doing that and realize that we yeah. actually want this information too. And that right. we can say, if you, hey, if you want to learn about that, I've got some some ideas around it and allow them mm-hmm. to come to us instead of just jumping in being like, you know what I do? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not received the same way. So I coming back to anything like my business, my marriage, my motherhood skills, like when I am the know-it-all, I'm annoying and I'm a nag or in coaching, like I'm, I don't know what I am, but I'm not, I'm not doing those things or I'm trying to be more conscious about it. Right. However, on the flip side, when I am just being love and not doing anything or expecting something or trying to force anything, that is the response that they need probably, or like that helps them. And then they know they can approach me like, Hey, can I ask you a question? What do you think about that? And then I'm all over it. (laughs) And they will then, right? So what you just described is the difference between being driven by your type and being drawn. So the Mm. driven energy that shifts into, I have to help you. You need to know this. You should do this. That's the driven energy. And that's what we want to release ourselves from. That's, that's our, our fears, our desires and our weaknesses driving us instead of us being in the driver's seat. And we kind of just fall asleep, go into that zombie state and go driven, right? 
And so you can stay stuck there or you can go, oh yes, I remember. Let me be curious. Why am I doing this? Because I have this belief that if I give to others, they'll give me appreciation or I want others to respond to me. That's a motivator for me as a, as a two. And so of course I'm kind of feeling driven to do this, but can I come at this from a more drawn space? Do I really want to do this? Is this going to, do they really want this? So like just stopping and being curious and then being that space holder and, and just again, being love people are going to seek that out because they're going to love that feeling of being in your presence and you're going to feel loved and wanted more so than when you're coming at them with coming in hot with all the information. Right. Totally. And it's just, you know, what's funny is again, it is a practice. I, I, I still have to work on it and remind myself of it. Um, But the other cool thing is that it actually does make me feel so much more happier connected yeah like when I'm not so worked up and worried about those things and and yeah like letting me be responsible for myself and I feel like that's where it's a little bit of a tricky part is like when you are a mom because obviously we are kind of responsible for these kids right but it it still is an opportunity to instead of being like the this I'm going to tell you what to do helicopter like this mom that's just I don't know. I feel like I, when I do those kind of moves, I guess like the driven ones, I'm more like putting my kids in a box versus allowing them to be freed and like helping them to love themselves, learn themselves and just be. And that makes me so much more happier when I'm watching them, even if it's different than I would want it to be, or that I would do it, or it makes my mom nerves a little bit shaky right like it's still them being themselves so true and pure like that excites me and I love that absolutely yeah I love that too and I think I feel like what you just described is the idea of over functioning which a lot of types can do for especially the dependent stance types types one two and six um, so we haven't gotten much into stances, which is okay, but stances are our social style. So as types two, as type two, we are dependent stance. Um, we move towards people. Um, and we, again, feel as twos, we feel people's needs and then jump into action. Um, and we're, if there's a problem, it's kind of in the, our present mind focus where we're like, I have to get through this problem. Now I have to do something now about this. Um, and people feel that as a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like a lot for people. Cause if they're withdrawn, which is they move away or sort of aggressive and they're already past it. And we're like, no, we need to go at this thing. Like I kind of think of like a dog on a leash. who's like, let me off the leash. I got to yes. fix this thing, you know, uh, again, the drivenness, but we do that over-functioning and not just for our children, for our spouses, for everybody mm-hmm. we're over-functioning. We're not giving them the space to have autonomy and then they can feel smothered by us. And, and then we in turn feel rejected, which is by the way, our core fear. And so mm-hmm. we have created again, we're the problem. <laughs> we need to knock it off, stop. And then you can see all the ways in which you trust that others are going to be able to um, come to you when they need you. Mm -hmm. You are there, you are available. You are guiding where the guidance is needed, where you're drawn to do that, but you're not like, okay, this is exactly how you have to do it and follow my way. Right. And then stressed out if it doesn't go that way. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. And that's, in the coaching world, I feel like I am more powerful, not powerful, but I lean more that way 
where I, I don't want to be in your face. I really want to just like be at your side. We're doing this together. And it feels like so easy, but I think it's just that whole like mom responsibility that probably at home I have more practice to do. And it's like, not that it's harder. It's just like a, it's just a different experience. And I have three kids. So it's like now right. there's three different relationships that I'm trying to navigate and not yeah. only how do I come here the best, but how do I compassionately allow them to also be them? There's just so much there. That's probably it's, like, <laughs> it's a lot of, of dynamics, but I think the other part yeah. is when you're a coach, you know, that that person is coming to you for help mm-hmm. and support and guidance. And you know that they're coming to you for that. So, you know, your space can be held. Whereas when you're out in the world, like for me as a coach, like I love that. I love being a resource for people. I love, you know, uh, helping people wake up to themselves and and teaching them these things about themselves, whatever you want to say. But then when I'm out of the coaching space, I'm not a coach anymore. I'm not the person giving advice. I'm not the, but I do it enough in coaching that, and I don't, I try not to give advice in coaching, but you know what I mean? Connect people with the information and resources that are going to help to guide and support them and help them understand and feel enlightened and, and like, oh, that's why I'm doing that thing. Right. But I don't need to do that when I'm outside of the coaching space. If I didn't have the coaching space to do that, that's where I was like putting my energy out (laughs) at other people and feeling the need to like, but yeah, as you start to step back and allow that functioning to happen and the autonomy to happen, you still can see that you're feeling love appreciation. And yeah, sometimes it's, it's lovely that we have this ability to know what others needs are and to orchestrate things the way things need to be. Like, that's great that we can do that as long as we're aware that it's not always going to go our way and flexible with Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the outcome, if you will, and open to other people's uh, thoughts on the matter, even though we think we know what's best. (laughs) We think, or do we know we know what's best? I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right. I mean, I love it when my husband's like, okay, fine. We should have done it like that. I'm like, it's fine. We're, We're good. But sometimes people need to, it needs to be proven through, letting the person fall and not in a really terrible way. But like, honestly, I watch my kids, they're jumping around on the couch and I'm like, Hey, I could tell you 87 times to stop jumping, or you can fall off once and learn it yourself. And you're probably not going to break an arm. So that's kind of what I look at with all Mm -hmm. things where I'm like, I could jump in here or I can step back. And like you said, let you be your beautiful self, let you make your mistakes and I'll be here a soft place to land without judgment afterwards to love you through the pain and to, help you to think about what, what was happening there so that it doesn't happen again. Right. Cause you don't have to keep doing the thing that caused you to fall. Try, I mean, right, again, right, right, but yeah. you know, that's a big metaphor for life. Basically you can keep doing that thing, but you're probably gonna get the same results. You know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Yeah. So, um, do you want to dive into anything else? How much more time do we have to, to kind of keep? Um, I mean, I have a few more minutes, but I feel like this was really good. A lot. It was a lot already. It was a lot. It was really good. I mean, again, taking yourself out of me being the Enneagram too, like listening to this can totally open your eyes because we all have those different elements of ourselves. So like we talked about, we want to be loved and needed and all of that. We are prideful when we are going against the grain of who we naturally are. And our biggest fear is rejection. I mean, those three things to know about yourself, just starting there 
mm-hmm. are so helpful in you being your best self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my cheesy phrase that I say all the time is like, when we're all bringing our best self to the table, the world is actually going to be a better place because we're not worried 100%. about anything else. We're not, try- we're just, I'm my best. You're your best. We're all just doing our best thing. Staying our own lives. Yeah. And it's like such a beautiful thing. And I know that it gets hard because we're human. So we're going to get prideful. We're going to feel rejected, but just come back to that natural you and embrace it and love it and get to know it. And just like be aware of how, you know, how am I showing up? Mm -hmm. Um, But something else that I talk about a lot, we can't go into it here, but is emotional intelligence. And I feel like this is a practice for that as well. It's like, don't worry about why so-and-so said it the way they did. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. Why did I feel however I felt? Why did it upset me? Why did it feel like I was rejected? Why did it feel like I was no good? What's going on here? And also validating that, of course, I felt rejected when I put Mm -hmm. myself out there because I'm a two and I'm really sensitive to that. Let me validate my experience. I know it's not true that I'm a terrible person or that people don't want me. I just felt that way in that moment and I'm sensitive to that. And so let me validate, hold myself for a moment and, and then say like, okay, how did I get here? And, and without judgment, but just acceptance of, I kind of put myself in that place or this is that person's issue that I am not responsible for. <laughs> like, I don't need to, oh, I don't need to fix, you know? Um, and the, the last thing I'll leave you with is at the highest level of development, the attitude of the type two, which is our, our inner thought experience. So we have our inner attitudes and our out beh- outward behaviors. They are different. What you're thinking in here is different than what you're doing out here. Right. And um, they're all driven by these desires, these motivators, what have you. Um, At the highest level of development for us, too, is our attitude is disinterested. And Mm. at first you're like, what? Disinterested? I can't be disinterested. Then what's going to happen? And that's the point. (laughs) Because we are always going to be interested in, in what others are thinking about us, in our relationships, in so many things. And so what this has done for me is set a boundary in my mind of when I find myself shifting out of my own sphere of control and trying to think about what others are thinking about me or what others are doing, I go disinterested, Mm. disinterested, because if I'm constantly thinking about what they're thinking, first of all, how can I know I'm not psychic, but also is that being additive to my experience? Is that causing more anxiety and and ruminating? Or can I just say I'm disinterested? And they can do them and I'm going to do me. So helpful. That's like a boundary tip right there. And the counterintuitive that feeling that might come up immediately is okay. One of the things that I like that you said um, was like that key phrase of with no judgment in all of this, because that's kind of the point of being able to take all of this on and then both give and receive as needed without judgment, right? That's where we get into our own way and we're just going to stumble a little bit if we, if we do. And that's what self-acceptance is all about, right? Lisa is cut the judgment out and accept what is as what it is Mm -hmm. and uh, release all of that mental, physical, and emotional energy that you've been putting into all of that. And then you get it all back to be more present and connected. So it's a beautiful thing. Totally. 
I love this, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And again, just, you know, Chelsea has, we have all of her links down below. So connect, follow, do all the things. Um, take the free Enneagram test that mm-hmm. she has, right? And then yeah. she also is going to give you that quick consult so that you can continue that discovery path to figuring out how to be your best self. And then she also has um, a, a typing and leveling package where you can just really go deeper in navigating who you are, what your Enneagram type says about you and how to fully embrace it so that in all you do, you're just shining your bright light as you should. Beautiful. Yes. Um, All right. Well, thank you again so much, Chelsea. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. And uh, this was so much fun too. Like again, eye opening because our path to discovery doesn't really ever end, right? We're always learning. We're always growing and evolving. So my eyes were opened even more today and um, yeah, I'm excited. So thank you. Thank you for this space to have the conversation. Totally. You're welcome. And we'll see you next week on Created for More Podcasts.